There's so many new faces here today that I don't know. It's kind of strange. The last time I was at Moms by Grace was probably about four years ago. And um, so many new, well, some not so new faces, but it's good to be here. Um, when Dawn first invited me, it was back in June, almost a year ago. And she had me scheduled for January of this, um, of this year, but COVID was running through the church. So um, we decided to postpone it till now. And after listening to Tracy's talk a couple weeks ago, it's pretty cool to see how God's timing um, worked out perfectly. Um, in light of the events this last year, I'm so thankful um, for the freedom and opportunity we still have to chat about this month's topic of knowing God's word. Um, I do believe it is the most important topic, especially in light of the events that are going on these days. Um, before we get started, if you ladies would pray with me. Lord, um, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray um, that you would help us to know you better through your word. I pray, Lord, that um, today, Lord, you'd even calm my heart right now that I might be able to clearly articulate, Lord, the things you've taught me. And I pray for the ladies that they would be undistracted Lord, this would be a time to bring you glory, and Lord, that we would honor you with our lives, Lord, and we pray these things in your precious name. Amen. All right. I thought that I'd get started with sharing a little bit about myself this morning. Um, I think it helps understand um, the, my pursuit of knowing God's word. Um, I was not raised in a Christian home and had no Christian influences in my life and no exposure at all to God's word, except for some Bible stories as a kid. At the age of 20, the Lord literally rescued me out of the domain of darkness and transferred me to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom I have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. I love the visual of that passage in Colossians 1.13 as it describes so clearly exactly what took place in my life at conversion. At that time, I worked with an, old, an older gentleman who was a believer and was an instrument of grace in my life when I first got saved. He um, bought me my first Bible and shared with me the importance of reading and knowing the Word of God. The Word immediately came alive to me. Um, the Bible was all new and so sweet to me, and I couldn't get enough of it. I will never forget sitting at the beach, reading my Bible, and coming across John 1.14. And the Spirit opened my eyes to the fact that Jesus is the very Word of God. And the Word became flesh, John 1, 14. No one had to teach me that. By God's grace and the Spirit in me, that truth was revealed. And I was absolutely blown away by it. That excitement of digging out nuggets of truth from God's Word is still alive in me today. In Psalm 19, 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There is absolutely nothing acceptable in my words or thoughts apart from God and his words. And I learned that early on. As there was so much I had to unlearn in how I thought and how I spoke. Because remember at that time, for 20 years, I had not been any exposure. And I only knew what I knew not anything that had to do with God's word. Um, so at that time, 
the rebellion that was in my life had influenced my thoughts and my words that were not being renewed and saturated by God's word is really ugly. And I need his word. We all do. That's why Paul urges in Romans, Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. This world is crazy right now, isn't it? It's easy to be conformed to this world if we're not careful. There are a lot of noise, or there is a lot of noise around us drawing us in. Distractions are right at our fingertips, literally, right, with our phones. And, and it's literally there and available at all times. So John MacArthur wrote a blog a couple months ago in the midst of all of 2020 events. And remember, I was supposed to be here in January, so this blog was like super impactful as far as the events that were going on. And in it, he says, we're living in bizarre times. The world is caught in the grip of fear, fears over deadly diseases, financial ruin, unchecked violence, government overreach, and political upheaval. For the last several months, mo much of America has been on fire, both figuratively and literally. Our lives are essentially dominated by chaos and confusion as we careen from one emergency to the next. We shudder to think how society would degrade into further corruption, darkness, and disarray. And yet, the world keeps finding new lows to which it too willingly sinks. Should the Lord tarry, we might eventually look back at 2020 as the good old days. On top of the endless chaos surrounding us, our society is drowning in a sea of lies, such that the culture is permeating by a sense of devastating insecurity. We no longer have confidence in the politicians, health experts, social activists, academic, or the media. All of them have lost credibility by pursuing agendas over honesty. Even religious, religious leaders have shown a knack for doublespeak and outrageous deception when it suits their purposes. We have been lied to so routinely that we treat every claim as dubious. Living in that constant state of doubt and suspicion is both exhausting and exasperating. However, there is one to whom we can turn and always hear the truth, the living God who has revealed himself in the pages of scripture. In a world dominant of chaos, corruption, and lies, only God is always faithful and true. His word is truth, John 17, 17. And if we want to make sense of the evil days we're living in and understand how God would have us respond, it is the only place for us to turn. It's as though MacArthur understood the chaos going on in my own heart during that time, and even now, right? And helped sort it out. So much is whirling in my brain often these days, and of course, MacArthur articulates it so well. We have more chaos and more distractions around us and at our fingertips than ever before. How then can we quiet the noise? The answer is knowing God's word. I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years. I don't know how I'm that old. <laughs> and never has it been more of a challenge for me to quiet the noise and meditate on the Lord and his word than it has been for me today. So I'm hoping today will be an encouragement to your hearts that you might learn better how to quiet the noise of this world and be better equipped to make sense of the evil days we're living in as we talk about today knowing God's word. How well would you say you know God's word? 
Have you wondered how the knowledge of God's word can help in these crazy days? Have you struggled to have peace and to quiet the noise around you? How loud are the outside influences in your head? I know for me there's been some times, this last year especially, where the noise has been pretty loud and distracting. So have you ladies ever heard someone speak and their speech is saturated with scripture? Have you desired that and wondered how? How does that happen? How is it that we can speak more of God's word in our life when we talk to people and when we encourage people? I'm hoping today might be an encouragement to you in that journey. This is really uncomfortable. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, there are five ways we might know God's word. Hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, and meditating. Compare those five methods of learning scripture to the fingers on your hand. If you hold the Bible with only two fingers, it's easy to lose your grip. But as you use more fingers, your grasp of the Bible becomes stronger. If a person hears, reads, study, memorizes, and then meditates on the Bible, her grasp of the truth becomes firm. They're part of her life. As the thumb is needed in a combination with each and all these fingers to complete the hold, right? Thumb's super important. So meditation combined with hearing, reading, studying, and memorizing is essential for a full grasp of God's word. But today... We're just going to focus on memorization and meditation, which I hope will be a vehicle into the others. I've personally found these to be the most impactful in my life, which is why anytime I get a chance, I'll talk about it with you. So first, a disclaimer before you shut me out about memorizing, because I think that's a scary one for most, like not scary, but hard. Um, but I want to share with you a disclaimer. I can't memorize anything, truly. In fact, I'm the rare person who does not remember catchy jingles, funny one-liners from movies, or even songs. I make up my own words because I often even forget the simplest of words. And yet, by God's grace, I've been able to memorize more than a couple books of the Bible, quite a few chapters and numerous different passages. And can I tell you, there is nothing sweeter than to be able to recite a whole book of the Bible from memory, especially when you remember what 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. Ladies, he gave us a spirit in us, the mental capability and the grace to store his very God-breathed words right here in our hearts. That's just insane to think about that and truly humbling. And yet, how often do we exercise that discipline in our lives? To get started, let's first take a look at the why of scripture memory. What value is there in memorizing scripture? Because answering this question will keep you going when it gets hard or you're tempted to stop. We're going to look at six reasons, which you have in your outline, that have impacted me the most and which drive me to keep fighting to memorize. This is where we're going to spend most of our time this morning because I think this is the most important piece to get you excited, to store God's word in your heart. So number one, we're gonna look at number one, memorized scripture will transform our mind and our heart. 
Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. It will, memorizing scripture, will transform our entire worldview from being worldly-minded to heavenly-minded. It will transform the way we think to the way God thinks. God's word is his mind, and the more we have stored away in our hearts, the more we will think like Jesus and live like him. David Mathis from Desiring God. John Piper's huge on scripture memory. If you ever want to get super excited about memorizing scripture, I encourage you to YouTube John Piper on scripture memory, and he's got some good ones to look at. So David Mathis writes on his blog, Good theology forms our minds in a general way to think God's thoughts after him. But memorized scripture molds our minds with as much specificity as is humanly possible. To mimic the folds and creases in the mind of God, folds and creases of the mind of God. Like as we memorize to think about that. I would love, don't you want that? Like to have the mind of God impressed in your own mind so i think the first time it really struck me the impact of memorizing scripture in my day-to-day life was an incident with one of my kids this was years ago at the very beginning of my adventure of scripture memory and um, my kids one of my kids had a dilemma with uh with one of her friends and it happened to be memorizing philippians 2 1 through 9. i personally was memorizing philippians 2 1 through 9 which is a passage in scripture that talks about how we need to consider others as Christ has considered us. Previously, I'm sure I would have just looked at my kid when she shared with me that she had had a dilemma with one of her friends and thought about what was best for her. But in that moment, what flew out of my mouth was, how can you consider your friend in this? It actually shocked me, and I'm probably sure she was shocked too. It was strikingly different counsel than I'd ever given in the past. It was so clear to me in that moment the importance of considering her friend. I then was able to share with her Philippians 2, 1 through 9. I was able to share with her because of how I had started in my heart and walked through the importance of that truth and what I had learned and how it had impacted me personally. It struck me at that moment, my need to continue to memorize. My mind was mimicking the fold and creases of the mind of God. And it was impacting me as a wife, a mom, a friend, as it was shaping my thinking and my speech and my counsel to them. So in Colossians 1, 9 through 10, Paul says, to the Colossians, a prayer that he has for them, that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What better way to be filled with the knowledge of God's will than by memorizing it, which then will impact how we walk, speak, and counsel others. So number two, memorizing scripture helps us conquer temptation and sin. Your word I had treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you, Psalm 119.11. 
There's a couple ways that memorizing scripture has helped me in my personal fight against sin. First, I found memorizing specific verses or what some might call fire verses has been helpful in the battle against my sin bents like selfishness and impatience, with which after memorizing 1 Corinthians 13, I learned is actually a lack of love for others. As I memorized that passage and understood the sign of not loving others, it was super helpful. So when I would feel irritated or impatient with my husband or my kids, instead of blaming them for what they were doing to me, I was able to identify my sin and what the Bible calls a lack of love for others. Repentance can only happen when we can identify the sin that is ruling our hearts. Scripture is a tool that will help us in that. Secondly, in my sin and my battle against sin as I memorize scripture, I found much of my sin and temptation that I battle starts in my mind. And I have a feeling many of you ladies probably struggle with that too. The conversations I have with myself in my head that are not honoring and usually not true. They're my perception of a circumstance or a conversation, not thinking the best of others, or sometimes even fearful thoughts I can't seem to escape. The greatest battle against this is reciting scripture, speaking truth, any truth, to myself. That truth might not have anything to do with what I was thinking about, but it's truth. And it always diverts me from the lies I'm stuck in his truth always renews my thinking, always unsticks me, and it is amazing. Many of you probably know the throuple gap. Am I saying that right? We've heard that, throuple gap. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is anything excellent, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Memorizing truth helps me, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Number three, memorizing scripture comforts us in our afflictions. In Psalm 1950, it says, this is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. Do you know enough of God's word that you can pull up scripture in your mind to meditate on it and find comfort to your soul? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave his very life for me. That verse I have memorized and I know backwards and forwards. This is my life verse. I've memorized that verse and know it that well. Why? Because one of my greatest afflictions that I face every day whew, in this season of my life is to be a mom of an adult child who's not walking with Christ. Who I get to see tomorrow. So please, he's in Hawaii. So. Um, and this verse helps me to remember this life is not my own and that God loves me and he knows my heart and my pains and I must live by faith 
which means I can't see what God's doing. You ladies, you don't know what God's doing. That's what walking by faith is, which means and I can't see what God is doing behind the scenes, but I can trust him and cling to him who is able. He is able. He's able to work outside of the circumstances we see, and that's what's living by faith. And that I've learned that by memorizing that verse and thinking on it, that's when the light bulb went off for me, that something so simple, that it's really Christianity 101, to live by faith. And that's what, we don't know what he's doing, and we don't know what he's at work and doing behind the scenes. And so what, ladies, what is the affliction you're facing today? Can I encourage you to find a passage or a verse that will encourage you in battling that fear? or that affliction that you're finding yourself facing. Number four, memorizing scripture enables us to help others. This one's super important also, ladies. In your home, this one is going to be impactful. Have you ever heard the saying, the Bible is only as thick as what you have stored in your heart? It's true. Most of the time, when my daughter comes to me in tears or she's upset, I don't have my Bible in hand. I mean, I do with this, the phone, right? I guess we do. But I think that it's different when you have it memorized because you have, right, the folds and the creases in your mind and in your heart have been impacted by that verse that you have memorized. And so I just have my heart in mind. Hopefully I can speak words of comfort and encouragement with what I've stored in my heart. And the only thing that can bring comfort and encouragement is God's word, which I do have the capability of knowing and storing and recalling to mind by God's grace. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joint and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's the word it's God's word that cuts through people's hearts and changes them, not our words. Also, ladies, I'm sure, in fact, Tracy, it's funny, she had um, referred to this a couple weeks ago, and it was already in my notes, Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, confident that you all, this is your parenting verse, right? It's your parenting passage that we all cling to, we all want this life, right? These words, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. How can you do this if you haven't stored his word in your heart? Especially in this crazy, busy life we live in, this life is full of noise. Our schedules are full with chores, discipline of children, errands, appointments, and care for our loved ones. We do not have the luxury of being able to sit with the Bible in our lap and all day long, but we can store it in our hearts, little chunks at a time that we might be able to encourage those around us. Number five, point five, scripture memory makes meditation possible anytime and anywhere. Remember the thumb, right? 
Let's talk about what meditation is first, because I think that in the world we live in today, the, wor the world, our culture, has changed that word, meditation, when we think about it. It's one of my favorite analogies I'm going to share with you. And I'm laughing because Hannah, Hannah, Hannah and I were just talking, and she was talking about how I always say chew, to chew on God's word. Well, this is why. To meditate on God's word is to be like a cow chewing its cud. As a cow lays in the field, and as it stands or walks about, it chews its cud. The cow savors the grass in its mouth before filling its stomach. Then it sits down in the meadow and quietly regurgitates it, <laughs> reworking it in its mouth before swallowing it. Did you know a healthy cow will chew its cud for up to eight hours a day? That's a lot of chewing. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I was reading this to my husband and he told me I had to say that. <laughs> Honey, that was for you. Okay. All right, so this is the hardest and yet most necessary. He'll be so happy you guys laugh. <laughs> I told you. Okay, this is the hardest and yes, most necessary part of scripture memory. Chewing the cud of God's word. If you're just memorizing scripture to check a box, it will be of no spiritual gain to you. Remember the five hand hold? Meditation is the thumb. It's essential for a full grasp of God's word. This is where our hearts are shaped by his words. When we've memorized the word, we can spend hours chewing on God's very breathed word. What a privilege that is. It truly is a privilege, ladies. We can do that anytime and anywhere. During times of meditation is usually the time that stirs up for myself the desire to study his word deeper, to listen to sermons on the passage you're memorizing, so that you might further understand what's being said. Point number six, memorized scripture allows for sweet fellowship with Jesus because it's where he talks to us, right? Jesus talks to us in his word. Like I could cry when I think about, like that's his word spoken and we actually have been made and created to be able to store it in our hearts. It's very humbling. Another quote from David Mathis says, when we learn the scriptures by heart, we're not just memorizing ancient, enduringly relevant texts, but we're listening to and learning the voice of our creator and redeemer himself. When we memorize lines from the Bible, we are shaping our minds in the moment to mimic the structure and mindset of the mind of God. We want our prayers to be shaped by his word. How we pray for our husbands and kids, how we pray for our own lives, how we can better pray for our country, our church, our friends, extended family. There's nothing better than praying God's will which is found in his word for those we love and those things which are most important. You'll also find yourself praying when you're memorizing scripture. You're going to also find yourself praying through these chunks of scripture you're memorizing as you will come across portions that don't make sense or portions that are super convicting. 
I find myself praying a lot while I'm reciting. It creates such a sweet time with Jesus as I ask him to reveal himself to me. And he's always faithful. Okay, so now that we looked at the why, we're going to spend a very small portion on the how-to. So, ladies, I know you have babies. I, I understand that. And I hope that you're willing to give this a chance. Because I actually think that what you're going to find with memorizing scripture is you can have such sweet time with the Lord with less time spent in quiet. Like I'm, I'm Okay, so I'm asking you to give me 15 minutes. That's all I need is 15 minutes of your day. In fact, right now, I want you, because everyone's different. I can't tell you. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you to get up at 4 a.m., or 3.30, depending on how early your baby gets up. But what I am asking you to do is think about your day. Everyone's day is different. I want you right now to think about 15 minutes that you can give me undistracted time where there's no babies and that you have quiet and that your brain is actually functioning. That's maybe the hard part. Is that what? 15 minutes, so think about it. That's why I lost you. Shoot. Okay, 15 minutes. I want you to write it down right now. I want you to think about it and give you one minute because I am behind. No, you're not. That is not right. Oh, good. Okay. And we started there. Okay, so think. You guys got a couple minutes. Not a couple minutes. You have one minute. Write it down. Nap time? Nap time. If you babies sleep in late, if you're a night owl, night time, it could be. Driving. Oh, I want you to write it down. Write down something. All right, ladies. Truly, that is all you're going to need. Truly is that 15 minutes of undistracted time, okay? So let's get started. So, you're gonna find those 15 minutes in your day, only asking Monday through Friday. That's all I'm asking, okay? Put it on your calendar and or on your phone as a reminder. These are disciplines, which means they're gonna be hard to change, okay? During this time, you're gonna work on your new verse for the day during that 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be a full verse. If that verse is long, Break it up into two. If it's super long, break it up into three. It doesn't matter how quickly you go through this. I'm asking you to store a piece of God's word in your heart every day, okay? Um, then you gotta figure out what works for you to memorize. Everyone's different. For me, it's saying it out loud. And I fought that for a long time. I had every book, so I'm a researcher. Before I do anything, I like to read about how to do it forever and ever, because that's kind of procrastinating, that's what I do. <laughs> and so when I did, though, every single person said to say it out loud. I'm like, no, I'm a visual learner. Well, now I realize I'm not. And so it becomes muscle memory. I say verses, and I don't think about it. They come out of my mouth. Because you do, and that is real, we have muscle memory in our mouth. And so when we're saying it out loud, it 
flows and it comes out. But you might be one who needs to write it down. You can say it out loud. You can draw pictures, whatever works for you. You have a booklet on your, I gave to you guys and got printed. Um, and I think it's by Mathis, the guy I've been quoting, I think. Oh, it's a different guy. Okay, so he, on page 16 though, it talks about that. Because the how-to and memorizing scripture, and he gives you really good examples. So take some time to figure out what works for you, because everyone is different. All right? So that's how you're going to memorize scripture. You're going to look at page 16, you're going to give me 15 minutes, and you're going to do that. Now, for the real challenge, meditation. This is where it gets hard. This is where what it, this is what takes it from just being a rote task to a transformed mind and heart. Remember, it's the thumb, which is essential for a full grasp of God's word. This is what will quiet the noise of this world and give you the peace which surpasses all understanding. But it's going to take prayer, a plan, and accountability to choose to chew on the cut of his word. Pray. Pray for his help in this. You cannot do this in your own strength. Pray that he would bring to mind to meditate throughout the day. Pray he would help make meditation a practice for you. Pray that he would help you exercise the discipline in your life that you might be changed by his word. Number two, set a plan, ladies. A plan for meditation. Remember I had you set a plan for when you're gonna meditate, when you're gonna memorize? Now I want you to think about when you can meditate on his word. Take a look at your day. When in your day can you choose to meditate? Now this does not have to be the time where there's no babies around or no, that it can be kind of loud, right? When you're showering, brushing your teeth, doing laundry, folding laundry, driving. I actually do a lot when I'm driving. Washing dishes, cooking, breastfeeding, kiddos nap time, going for a walk, high chair time. Say it out loud with your kids, no matter their age, why not? Right? How great would that be? When you're laying in bed before you go to sleep. My favorite time. It will put you to sleep. <laughs> when you wake up, do not grab that phone, that distraction. When you wake up, when your eyes open up, what did you work on yesterday? What verse did you work on? That is a discipline you will not regret practicing and having become part of your routine. Now commit those times that you found that work for your family to meditate. Set reminders on your phone. You're going to need this because you're creating a new discipline in your life, which is hard. So set reminders on your phone, sticky notes on your mirror, fridge, near your sink, washing machine, on your dashboard in your car. Just don't cover your fuel, because I've done that before. <laughs> Carry around index cards, which I do also. So when you're standing in line at the grocery store, you can grab them. Um, figure out what works for you, okay? You're going to have to pray and set up a plan to create new habits. And believe me, it will be a constant battle. I'm still battling this. In mine, I've been doing this for years, but it's worth it, and I don't give up. The third and most important piece on meditation and creating this habit in your life is accountability. Ladies, I can't do this alone. We all need accountability, especially in scripture memory. I have a younger friend who's here with us today. She's going to be on the panel who I've memorized much scripture with through our days in CG together. And one day I shared with our small group, I was going through a dark time in which I was struggling in my time with the Lord and his word, 
Premenopausal is a lot like just having a baby, because I've talked to a lot of young moms. It's crazy. I think it's hormonal, right? Well, the next day I got a text from my friend asking if I wanted to memorize Colossians with her. I hesitantly said yes. Well, this girl decided to up the accountability bar higher than her and I had ever done before. Day one, I received a text video from her saying her verse. I laughed and was a little scared as I knew there would be no hiding from her. <laughs> Talk about accountability. That was actually super amazing. And we went through chapter one. I'll tell you what, ladies, that is exactly what I needed, though. It was amazing, and I have tried memorizing alone, and it never works. You need accountability. You need each other to do this. So all you need is 15 minutes a day, pray for his help, a plan to chew, and accountability. And you can do this. And I love how the Lord worked the timing of this out for today and for this conversation. We are setting out for summer where you can take what you've learned today and implement it over the summer. Team up with some ladies. Pick some passages to memorize together and see what God does. One summer, there was a group of us young ladies who, I mean, I'm not young, but they were young, and we decided to memorize some scripture through the summer, and everyone picked a passage. We all got to pick a passage, and we put it in the little pool, and we decided how long we were going to take to memorize these passages. And it was the sweetest. At that time, we decided to memorize gospel passages, because what better way to parent your kids than with having the gospel stored in your heart? And so that was a really sweet time. And I would encourage you ladies to do the same. I have a quote. I'm not going to read it because I'm going long. Is it okay? All right. So I want to end. I want to leave you with this quote from Spurgeon because he's amazing. Um, and this is so sweet. Oh, that you and I might get into the very heart of the word of God and get that word into ourselves. As I have seen the silkworm eat into the leaf and consume it, so ought we to do with the word of the Lord, not crawl over its surfaces, but eat right into, right into it till we have taken it into our innermost parts. It is idle merely to let the eyes glance over the words or to recollect the poetical expressions or the historical facts, but it is blessed to eat into the very soul of the Bible until, at last, you come to talk in scriptural language and your very style is fashioned upon scriptural models. And what is better still? Your spirit is flavored with the words of the Lord. I would quote John Bunyan as an instance of what I mean. Read anything of his and you will see that it is almost like reading the Bible itself. He had read it till his very soul was saturated with scripture. And though his writings are charmingly full of poetry, yet he cannot give us his pilgrim's progress that sweetest of all prose poems, without continually making us feel and say, why, this man is a living Bible. Prick him anywhere, and his blood is bibline. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. He cannot speak without quoting a text, for his very soul is full of the word of God. I commend his example to you, beloved. Ladies, quiet the noise of this world as you, like Bunyan, Store God's beautiful words in your heart that you might believe the Bible.